I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 69, page 421. Save me, O God. For the waters are come in, even unto my soul. So sorry, I think I pulled up the wrong one. <laughs> let me let me grab it. All good. It's sixty nine. Yeah. Four twenty one. Okay, I have it. Let's start it, start it again there. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in, even unto my soul. I stick fast in the deep mire, where no ground is. I am come into deep waters, so that the floods run over me. I am weary of my crying, my throat is dry. My sight faileth me for waiting so long upon my God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. They that are mine enemies, and would destroy me guiltless, are mighty. I paid them the things that I never took. God, thou knowest my simpleness, and my faults are not hid from thee. Let not them that trust in thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my cause. Let not those that seek thee be confounded through me, O Lord God of Israel. And why? For, the sake, for thy sake have I suffered reproof. Shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren, even an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house hath even eaten me, 
and the rebukes of them that rebuked thee are fallen upon me. I wept and chastened myself with fasting, and that was turned to my reproof. I put on sackcloth also, and they jested upon me. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and the drunkards make songs upon me. But, Lord, I make my prayer unto thee in an acceptable time. Hear me, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, even in the truth of thy salvation. Take me out of the mire that I sink not. O let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood drown me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is comfortable. Turn thee unto me according to the multitude of thy mercies. And hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. O haste thee, and hear me. Draw nigh unto my soul, and save it. O deliver me because of mine enemies. Thou hast known my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all in thy sight. Reproach hath broken my heart. I am full of heaviness. I looked for some to have pity on me, but there was no man. Neither found I any to comfort me. They gave me gall to eat, and when I was thirsty, they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table be made a snare to take themselves withal, and let the things that should have been for their wealth be unto them an occasion of falling. Let their eyes be blinded, that they see not, and ever bow down their backs. Pour out thine indignation upon them, and let thy wrathful displeasure take hold of them. Let their habitation be void, and no man to dwell in their tents. For they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they talk how they may vex them whom thou hast wounded. Let them fall from one wickedness to another, and not come into thy righteousness. Let them be wiped out of the book of the living, and not be written among the righteous. As for me, when I am poor and in heaviness, thy help, O God, shall lift me up. I will praise the name of God with a song, and magnify it with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord, better than a bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall consider this and be glad. Seek ye after God, and your soul shall live. For the Lord heareth the poor, and despiseth not his prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the sea and all that moveth therein. For God will save Zion, and build the cities of Judah, that men may dwell there, and have it in possession. The posterity also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the sixth verse, sixth chapter of the book of Jeremiah. O you children of Benjamin, gather yourselves to flee from the midst of Jerusalem. Blow the trumpet in Tekoa, and set up a signal fire in Beth Hakaram. For disaster appears out of the north, and great destruction. I have likened the daughter of Zion to a lovely and delicate woman. The shepherds with their flocks shall come to her. They shall pitch their tents against her all around. Each one shall pasture in his own place. Prepare war against her. Arise, and let us go up at noon. 
Woe to us, for the day goes away, for the shadows of the evening are lengthening. Arise, and let us go by night, and let us destroy her palaces. For thus has the Lord of hosts said, Cut down trees, and build a mound against Jerusalem. This is the city to be punished. She is full of oppression in her midst. As a fountain wells up with water, so she wells up with her wickedness. Violence and plundering are heard in her. Before me continually are grief and wounds. Be instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from you, lest I make you desolate, a land not inhabited. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Begins the 28th verse of the 11th chapter of the Gospel of St. John. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you lain him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you will always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to, him, said to them, Loose him and let him go. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. 
for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who seest that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body, and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. Thoughts about our lessons tonight. Um, it's helpful to actually begin in Jeremiah tonight in chapter six. Um, we're getting this really, uh, we're getting the, the grim picture of what's ahead for Jerusalem and the kingdom of Judah, which is the sole remaining tribe um, after the Northern kingdoms had been wiped away by the Assyrians and, and the years prior that we have now this sort of remnant of the original sort of, you know, the people in the, in the promised land that are now being uprooted from that promised land. Um, as we talked about on Wednesday, you know, there's this conflation of, you know, sort of the temple city that God had elected for himself, that he had chosen for himself. 
to be his temple seat in the promised land. Um, and that being taken as a kind of license among the people to, um, to sort of hold that over and against God, you know, in a, in a way, as a way of saying, like, he's not going to destroy his own city. So, you know, as long as, you know, we stay around that city, we should be just fine, right? This is his, we're his chosen people. This is his chosen place. So if we, you know, fudge the rules here and there, what, you know, it's not ultimately going to be ruined. Um, what God would allow his own temple to be destroyed. Yeah, that's what's happening in Jerusalem. Uh, and so the, you know, God is sort of is, through the prophet Jeremiah is, is you know, telling this tale of lament uh, of this, you know, this place that he had selected and beautified by his presence and, and you know, and had raised up a house for himself in the midst of um, in order to not only order and rule his own people, but then also to draw all nations to himself through them. And this had been precisely the opposite of what had happened. And so they are being uh, decreated in a way, um, but without actually losing their existence. They're being um, sort of everything is being stripped down to its to the to the one vital living thing in the midst of all of this. And it draws to us a really you know careful distinction we have to make that there is you know in in God's relationship with the people of Judah there is the covenant relationship that He swore to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and all their forefathers. And then there, and you know, and Moses, and then there is also this a bunch of stuff that they had conflated with that covenant promise that the people had sort of uh, latched on to the covenant promise um, that was that was falsely connected, and those are the things being done away. And this is what the prophets are so careful to disentangle uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, particularly that God has not forsaken His covenant. It's just that He is going to take down to the very you know within a hair's breadth of that covenant the existence of his chosen people, his covenant people, and is going to bring them back to that living thing in the midst of which they have uh, sort of aggregated all of this sort of like dead material. And so that's what's being done by the hand of the Babylonians there. And that's significant because it, it, it paints in a kind of, um, you know, in, in the kingdom narrative of ancient Israel, the what is happening in the words of the psalmist in Psalm 69, this is a long psalm, and it has to do with the water floods coming in and sweeping in around the 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 the, uh, the poet, the the psalmist, the the one who's praying, um, and that being likened throughout the psalm and the poetry of the psalm by metaphors to people who are adversaries of the psalmist without cause, so unjust persecutors of the one who's, who tries to stand innocent worshiping God, and then it also has to do with. You know, and then it also has to do with circumstances in the world that afflict the psalmist as well. And ultimately, it has to do with the reality of death itself, um, that the pit or shale is being is opening its mouth in the same way that these uh, persecutors are sort of like greedily looking at how they can afflict the, the true worshiper in the same way that this these metaphorical water floods are coming in around and, and, and sinking him deeper and deeper into this um, this mud. Um, this, 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 this mud is quite a quicksand mud that's sucking him down. And so all of these things sort of are become facets of the same problem. That is that, you know, evil ultimately, which is articulated and has a kind of incarnate presence in this world in terms of evil wickedness that is the wickedness that is done among people. And then ultimately the problem of death itself and the disorder of creation, that these are kinds of perversions of God's good world that he made in Genesis. They are decreations, uncreations that we that that you know that but for the life of God sustaining things would 
you know, would implode upon themselves then. And it calls us back in this, as the psalmist does, to the fact that it is God himself who breathes life and order and upholds these things. And that departures from that life, that order, that law, these things are bound to, dis, to, to, to disintegrate. They, they crumble down and they can't have their own existence on their own apart from anything. And this comes to bear, of course, in the narrative from John tonight, John 11, where we see this great, the great raising of Lazarus, that prior to this, John goes through this long narrative of painting out how everybody is responding to this. And Father John did a great job last night kind of painting out Martha's response to how to Jesus showing up what she thinks to be late, right? How could you have not come sooner? Didn't you love us? Didn't you love this person? And she just kind of launches into this. Mary, of course, we get tonight is filled with lament, right? Saying like, if only you had been here um, and, is, and, is, and is, is kind of drowning in her sorrow. And then Lazarus is the dead one, right? Which, you know, had the, we, we were left pondering his sort of uh, interior thoughts on, the, on his deathbed, right? Why is my friend and why is my friend not coming when he has the power to save me and to heal me like he has done for so many? And then we see the people's response too, the skeptical kind of hardening of the heart. Ah, he did all these other great things, but this one thing that, you know, for his friend that he's so moved by, he didn't do. And this is all, again, kind of drawing our attention to the disparity of Jesus's own interior, uh, his own interior conversation and recollection with his father, um, surrounded by which you know, this, this living relationship he has with the father that he's about to extend in this really spectacular way. Um, that around this is all of this, all these sort of opinions and all of these sort of accusations and all these sorts of um, ways of looking at, at, at both God and the world and his messenger uh, in ways that are false and ways that ultimately always like end up despairing around the presence of death. And yet Jesus in raising Lazarus, Lazarus from the dead is he shows in this great sign that this is not the end, that this is the, the you know, that he has come to bring this life and bring everyone back to that life, that life that has been at the beginning, a life that was known in the covenant with his ancient chosen people, and that life that is now being brought into its consummation as he inaugurates the kingdom on earth and makes all things new. And so what we see here is that, you know, through this story, everybody's pretenses about what Jesus was about is, is going through a kind of refining moment here, a stripping away of what we thought Jesus was here to do. And Jesus is about to show us the sign of what the ultimate horizon of the life he has come to bring is about. It's not about kind of setting in order in a temporary way, the ways of things here so that we can get back to life as usual. He has come to let those things die and then to raise something new out of them. And he himself will enjoin himself to that as he gives himself to death and then in rising again, inaugurates the thing that comes on the other side of that death. And so we're starting to get our early nods here of Easter ahead in the middle of Lent. So let's persevere in the fast. Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, 
and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for being here tonight and joining us. Thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader. Hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you, Father Hayden. Good Thank evening. you. Good evening. Friday. Have Thank a great you. night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.